Dear listeners, where are you today? Right this moment, in the car, at work, in the kitchen, out for a walk? Does the truth that God is with you right now, right where you are, make you want to hide? Or do you feel comforted? Second Chronicles 16, nine tells us the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward Him. Everywhere you are today, God's eyes are on you. Eyes not glaring in condemnation, but eyes filled with tenderness, desiring to give you strong support. So listener, let's savor his nearness as we listen to today's story of God's presence in the everyday, ordinary lives of women. Welcome to Everywhere You Are. Often the language we use in Christian circles needs simplifying. In today's episode, Dawson staff members Liz Keenan and Casey Hagan share how their definitions of ministry and discipleship were challenged and stretched when they found themselves in unexpected places of work. These women share how Christian ministry is not limited by place or activity, but is simply serving God and others everywhere you are, even in the most unfamiliar places like a flower-coated bakery and a fitness center. So we're here today with Liz Keenan and Casey Hagan. Liz is on staff here at Dawson and Casey is our associate minister of recreation. So Liz, where are you today? (laughs) I am. Yeah, I work here on our discipleship ministry. I'm the discipleship ministry associate and work with our adult age um, life groups. I also do um, quite a bit with our guests and new members kind of assimilating them into the life of the church. You can find me on Sunday mornings at the Next Steps area. That was a little pitch. And I'm currently a seminary student, but I'm halfway through my hopefully four-year journey in seminary. Decided to do that kind of a bit later in life. So that's fun to get to relearn how to take tests and write papers and have to commit your weekends to study. Yeah, I guess the only other fun thing, I get to lead a women's life group along with Casey and Jessica Orso on Sundays as well. And I really enjoy that. There you go. (laughs) And how long have you been at Dawson? I will celebrate my 10-year anniversary this November. Wow. Yeah. Like in a month, November? In a a month. (gasps) That's very exciting. (laughs) It is exciting. That's impressive. Wow. Good for you. I can't believe it's been so long. All right, Casey. So where are you today? Where am I today? I am, as uh, Rachel said, I work with the rec ministry. So I have been here at Dawson for a little over two years now, two and a half years. I don't really know. COVID kind of threw the timeline of things, but I came in July 2019 as the administrative assistant. And then in April, this past April, I stepped into the role of associate recreation minister. So we are currently planning fall festival, which is super exciting, but also super stressful. It's really fun, but it's a lot of things. We didn't get to have it this past year. And so it's been a two year. So you're new to that position and we skipped a year. So it's, yeah. it's all new over in the fall. Kind of. Yeah. So I was, I did fall festival in 2019. But I had only been in the role for, for the administrative assistant role for three months and it rained. So 
Fall Festival looked really different. Liz actually was in my role at some point in her time here at Dawson. That's right. My first five years. And I just like thinking about Fall Festival this year, I just keep remembering this moment when Liz came into my office while we were preparing for Fall Festival in 2019. And I could tell she was stressed for me, but I didn't know why um, until about like a week or two later. And then it all hit. And it was like, we were like a week or two out from fall festival. And I was like, oh, this is why she's stressed. Okay. Okay. So uh, I, I've been all over the place, but that's where my brain is literally all the time. But And you are a seminary graduate? Yes. So I graduated from New Orleans. Baptist Theological Seminary in May 2020. So right in the like pit of COVID. Uh, so interesting moments with the Lord of being like, I just got this degree of Master's of Arts and Discipleship. And the whole time that I was in seminary, I kept saying like, I really don't know what the Lord's doing or where he's leading, but I feel like this was the next step. And now I'm here and we're not gathering as an actual physical church right now. So like, what does that mean? Um, what are we doing, Lord? Um, but it was really sweet, really sweet time anyways, to be able to finish that. Um, learned a lot, grew a lot. And yeah, now here I am. So, so did y'all know each other before Dawson? No. No, but I knew of Casey. She, <laughs> she hates when I tell this story, but I guess I'm telling it. Uh, I'm a little older than Casey. And so when I was a Sanford student, undergrad student, my best friend went to church at Shades Mountain and led a middle school D group for girls. And Casey was in that group. So I would hear all these stories about these crazy girls I love Justin Bieber and <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> just, you know, how middle school is. So I would get these great stories about this group. And then years later, or a couple years later, or years ago, Casey started working here and I put the pieces together that of who she was. So it's fun to now be close friends with Casey. <laughs> <laughs> There's no telling the stories. We're, we've dug up some pictures of Casey. Um, oh, that's school. fantastic. It's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think I was in six or seven. And you mentioned to me that Becca Jenkins had also discipled you. Yes. So I went to, after graduating high school, I grew up here in Birmingham. So Graduated from Vestavia in 2012 and then went to Alabama and got plugged into Calvary Baptist Church there in the well, which Blake Jenkins was uh, the college's uh, associate college minister at the time. And Becca, when Blake and Becca got married, uh, she started discipling a group of girls. And so I was on their like leadership team, led a life group and everything there in Tuscaloosa with the well. And Becca was like, one of the first, like when I think about people who have discipled me, like growing, like when people are talking about like, people who invested in you growing up, like she's one of the first people that I'm like, I actually understood what was happening. Um, and so, yeah, Becca discipled me. Hmm. That's really neat. Both of you are obviously in full-time Christian ministry in some, in some form. So is that what you thought you'd be doing when you were younger? I mean, how did you, how did you get, cause you said you started seminary later. Yes. No, the answer is no for me. Um, I think Casey might have a different story. No, I, I honestly, I have trouble remembering back when I was very young, what I wanted to be. I think middle school time, I, okay, so this is going to be a bit of a rapid trail, but I was a big, I'm kind of a nerd. So I love books 
reading was my favorite pastime. If I ever got in trouble, especially, you know, in high school or something, my parents would take away my books. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. So probably fifth, sixth grade, I started reading. Um, <laughs> if you've been a Christian a while, you're around my age, you might know these books. But they're called the Christine Miller series. Yeah, they by are. By Robin Jones Gunn. Yeah. Casey knows them. She's read them. Um, and it kind of drastically changed my life. And um, it's just like these stories of a teenage girl and becoming a believer and falling in love. You know, they're cute, whatever. So I decided I wanted to be, that was kind of my big dream. And still somewhat is. I would love to be a published author, especially of young adult fiction. So all that to say, I literature has kind of been my thing. I got an English degree at Stanford, spent my summers um, as a publishing intern for a small, not a not that small, but a, a ministry in Atlanta called Walk Through the Bible. Most people around here don't know it, but they know of Walk Through because if you ever picked up one of those Stand Firm devotionals or the Journey devotionals that yep. we have around the church, Walk Through the Bible, their publishing team produces that each month. And then they sell it to Lifeway. Lifeway recovers it. and Well, it isn't that something? So I got to work and see the inner workings. I thought I wanted to go into publishing. That was like my college dream, you know, right, of thinking, right. how can I pursue my love for books and writing? <laughs> so after interning with them full time, you know, during those summers, I realized I hate publishing. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time I was starting senior year at Samford, the one I knew two things. I wanted to stay. I'm originally from Atlanta. I did not want to go back to Atlanta. So I knew I wanted to stay in Birmingham. And I loved the ministry aspect of working at Walk Through the Bible. So I decided like, okay, I think this is the direction the Lord is leading me in, not what I thought. So I, that's how I kind of ended up at Dawson. I was looking for ministry jobs in Birmingham. So was there a particular, and Casey, you can answer this too. Was there a particular person or persons that kind of said, hey, have you ever thought about this? Like, was there anybody specific that sort of helped direct you into? I mean, there's not been someone who's specifically been like, hey, have you ever thought about like this specifically? Looking back on it, there's been different moments of like how to me, it feels like I've just kind of like fallen into different things. Um, However, looking back, I'm like, oh, no, that was very intentional on the Lord's part. Like I thought it was a derailing of plans and like I was failing at something. And it was, however, in actuality, it was the Lord placing me where I was supposed to be. But we were talking about this the other night. There's there's like two very like solid memories that I have from when I was younger of like, wow, even before I fully understood what was happening, this like seed was being planted of the funny one is whenever people ask you the question of like, what did you want to be when you grew up? Like, I do not like that question at all. Because in my mind, I'm like, I I don't know what I wanted to be. Like, I don't remember ever thinking specifically, oh, like, I want to be a vet. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, just never had that. What I do remember is sitting in, it was either when I was in fifth grade or sixth grade. I remember sitting in our gym for Wednesday night, like, stuff. And I remember looking at, I think it was our student minister, and thinking, wow, he's getting to talk about how he gets to go to lunch with students. 
And then he gets to come here on Wednesday nights and play all of these really fun games and talk about Jesus. I want to do that. That sounds <laughs> awesome. So that's like the only memory that I have that. And then when I decided to go to seminary, like one of the biggest moments in my life, looking back over all of my life was when I was in sixth grade, I went on a mission trip to West Monroe, Louisiana to work with a ministry called Seeker Springs. Um, and it's a ministry that's still near and dear to my heart. But while we were down there, we were serving just a population that was really underserved and in need. And um, there was a, an event that happened with one of the kids while we were down there that just kind of like rocked my world of like, how do I love and serve these kids and point like they're hurting right now and I have nothing to make them better. And just very vividly remember the Lord being like, Casey, you love people in a way in which points to me. And I just remember walking away from that week feeling very much like this is what I'm calling you to do. Like this isn't just a moment right now, like for the rest of your life, you are going to live in such a way in which you're loving people in a way in which points them to Jesus. And so when I decided to go to seminary, that's all that I knew was I want to learn how to better serve people by knowing the word, by teaching the word and being able to point them to Jesus more fully. I didn't know where that was going to lead me. So not really specifically. Like if you told me that I was going to be in rec ministry, LOL. Like <laughs> I think I literally told told my boss when I originally came on, I think I told him, I don't do fitness. Like I don't do fitness, but here we are. And it's like the most perfect fit, like in all honesty, but the, like that just was never on my radar. <laughs> so I know. don't you think sometimes God is probably like, well, isn't that cute? She doesn't do fitness. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll show you some fitness. Like, well, and the thing is, is like even getting to Dawson, that was a part of like a derailed plan. Like what ha- I had actually lost my job, needed a job. I was 26 years old, needed insurance. And I had a friend that worked here at the time. And she was like, hey, this is not at all what you're thinking. <laughs> but will you like come and just interview? And so I was like, I could do this for a couple of years. I can, I can do this for a year. See what's next. My, sim- my story is not too dissimilar in that when I graduated Sanford and was looking for air quotes ministry jobs, Chris Huntsberger, who a lot of people know around town, they, he just said, come work for me at the rec center. So I was like, oh, fine. You know, <laughs> as I was interviewing for what I considered real ministry job. And I love how the Lord, like you were saying, just is kind of chuckling because I was frustrated and nothing was working out and no one was hiring and everything was falling through. And I just remember being angry and saying, Lord, I don't understand. I feel like you have so clearly told me that I'm supposed to work in ministry. What's the deal? Why won't you give me a ministry job? And then <laughs> I just remember looking up one day after a very intentional conversation with someone in the rec center and being like, Oh, this is a ministry job. <laughs> like I'm in it. He's already given right, it to me. Right. Like look up and realize the wealth of stuff around you that you can, the Lord can um, do through you. And so that kind of started my, my tenure at the rec center. And I loved it. I love that the community is coming in and out of those doors throughout each and every day and constant interruptions and just interesting conversations with people and hearing their life stories and getting to weave in kind of gospel threads into just 
normal everyday conversations, fitness or not related, you know, um, people that you would never cross paths with otherwise. Correct. Which is such a blessing. I'm like, what a unique spot our rec center is that most likely the majority of everyone there is not going to walk through the columns and the big doors of Dawson on a Sunday morning. But ministry is happening every single day right? on the basketball court and in group fitness classes and lifting weights. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I used to be a teacher before I was a mom and that was before I was doing what I'm doing. And, and I can remember doing teacher training and things that, and they would, that whole thing of you can't teach a kid if they've, if they're hungry or if they're sleepy or if they're homeless or if they're whatever they are, you know, that you have to meet physical needs first. And, you know, at the time I didn't think a whole lot about it because I wasn't in a, I wasn't in a community where that was a, a significant problem. And, you know, our, in our current day culture, that's kind of this whole meet people where they are thing. And it's like you said, there are people that walk in over there that are never going to show up here on a Sunday morning. But if they walk in there and are, you know, engaged and, and well cared for, then they might eventually come on a Sunday morning. So it's funny you say that too, because it makes me think of I don't, and I, I'm horrible with scripture references, but that verse that talks about more than we ask or imagine, mm-hmm. and you're, you're like, "Oh, I'm already here. Like you've mm-hmm. already done this, and right. I didn't even know. I didn't even recognize it. Right. You know that you were doing what I was asking you to do. Right. Okay. Well, let's go back to books. Um, are you a reader, Casey? Yes and no. <laughs> what does that mean? You're gonna need to go. You're gonna need to help me out there. Well, or are you like my friend who says, I know how to read. I just choose not to very often. No, like I, <laughs> I enjoy reading. I'm really slow. Like I'm a really slow reader. Like okay. I have been reading this one book for, you know, I think a year and it's not, a, it's not a thick book. It's, it takes me a really long time and I'm typically reading three to four, if not more books at a time. And so it just takes me a really long time, but I have gotten into audiobooks. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so I really love audiobooks. There's something about just sitting and reading that feels like I'm not accomplishing anything. I think that's a part, that's a piece of my like ADD, but also a piece <laughs> of why it takes me so long to read things. So I you do, enjoy reading for pleasure. I do pleasure. enjoy reading for pleasure, but I think we've talked about this at times, Rachel. I have a really hard time with like actually stopping and like resting. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. We're working on it. And so I just don't. So if, if you listen to an audiobook mm-hmm. and you've listened to the whole thing uh-huh. and you're in a conversation and somebody says, oh, have you read fill in the blank? Have you read that book? Do you consider it that you've read it? <laughs> yes. Yes and no. I think it depends on... The- <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it depends on the book. Like, because, like, for instance, right now I'm listening to The Chronicles of Narnia. For some reason, books like that that I listen to, I can remember more of it more easily because it's a, it's a narrative. It's a storyline. So I've got the general There's gist. There's a plot to it. There's a it. plot yeah. to yeah. it. Now... I listened to Deep Discipleship by JT English, Mm -hmm. loved it. However, I could not 
have an adequate conversation with you about deep discipleship. So I had to mm-hmm. order the actual okay. book. Okay. I get that. Same thing for Holier Than Now. Like I've listened to Holier Than Now by Jackie Hill Perry twice now. However, I also bought it because Liz and I and some other people are like doing like actually reading the book together. And so I don't, I can't have an adequate conversation about it. There are tidbits that I'll remember. So that's why I say I yes. I see that. Yeah. Like I listened to Pride and Prejudice. Love. Love. Yeah. I Love. think you're right. I think fiction's a little easier. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know? Well, and I think about it because I love to listen to podcasts, which really in a lot of cases are just stories. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I cannot stand to be read to. Like, I don't I don't want mm. to listen to an audio book. I don't, you know. And I, and I just, it's curious to me. That, that's interesting because I, I get that because I can't go running and listen to a book. I can't do that, but I can go running and listen to a podcast. Hmm. So Interesting. I don't know what, what the difference is. Yeah. There is something about that. I don't know if it's that it's not a conversation. Cause that's the other thing I've noticed is with the podcast, if I'm trying to like run or work out, like I, if it's not an actual conversation, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. If it's just one person, one voice, mm-hmm. it, I can't do it. So Interesting. All right, so Liz, tell us about your books. What what do you what do you read? What have you read recently? Well, like I said, I'm in the midst of seminary, so my answer is really boring. Oh, that's um, okay. That's okay. I'm currently in the class is not boring. It's a it's a class on apologetics, so I'm you know multiple apologetics textbooks deep, but it is interesting. I like to also be reading something light and fiction as I've been doing school. So I just this summer finished rereading the whole Harry Potter. I'm so sad it's over because it was the perfect counter to all the yes. deep stuff I'm reading for class that uses one part of my brain and Harry Potter just ignites the whole other imaginative side of my brain and is so relaxing to me. I'm much more prone to read fiction than especially I do love fantasy. I remember we were at a women's retreat a couple years ago. It was pre-pandemic. When was that? 19 maybe. And Mary Jo Sharp was sitting at my table for dinner one night and she's a huge Lord of the Rings fan. And so I was asking her questions about that. I'm like, what is it about Lord of the Rings that just, or fantasy stuff in general that gets you, you know? And she says in her line of work, which is apologetics deep discussions and using that side of her her brain. Like she's the one that really like put a name to what I was feeling that I needed both in my life to kind of the whole left brain, right brain. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. So I've been trying these past couple years in school to be sure I'm reading something of that nature. And Harry Potter has by far been the best. Do you, you said you, think you might want to write an, a young adult something at some point. Do you read a lot of young adult stuff? I do. Yeah. Well, that's fine. I mean, I, you know, I that do. makes sense. I, um, we can call it research, right? Absolutely. I think my, um, my sweet spot is young adult fantasy. So if you think of like Hunger Games or Divergent, like those type books where the author, I think with the authors that write young adult fiction, here's the thing. You can't take a hundred pages to get into the story, which a lot right. of adult writers do from page one. It has to grab, especially your now. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. And so it's like, and the worlds they create, I just feel like there's no limits to your imagination. And I just think it's so beautiful and kind of why we love C.S. Lewis and why we love Tolkien is they create these worlds that just, I don't know, ignite part of your brain that like, how do they think of all this? And the, it, right. Yeah. So um, that's kind of, I think my favorite spot. I don't really love, I'm not going to read teen fiction. That's just set like in, 2021. I don't really care about that. But are there any classics that you love or that would that you were do you reread books? I'm a big rereader. Are you? Okay. Big rereader. Well, I will reread not fiction books. Okay. Yeah, like I will reread things like Like a discipleship. A discipleship something, Trellis in the Vine, things like that. Well, you obviously are one because you just said you reread Mm -hmm. Harry Potter. I love rereading Jane Austen books. Um, I will say I will reread Pride and Prejudice mm-hmm. and rewatch that movie. I'll reread most anything. <laughs> I think this is funny. I don't know if, we're, if you get into the Enneagram at all, but we both identify as an Enneagram 9. and Which I've been questioning that. That surprises me about you. Yeah. It really does. I hate conflict and I hate... Um, well, there's part of me I feel like that no one sees because I, th- I think I, you know, kind of have all my energy and talkativeness during the day. And then at night I'm very, yeah. <laughs> I'm out of yeah. words and yeah. Um, yeah. need to recharge. But I think especially when I'm overwhelmed or stressed or fill in the blank with too much of anything, the most comforting thing to me is to reread or rewatch something. So I am a habitual rewatcher of Gilmore Girls. <laughs> it is the most relaxing thing to me. Or that's why I'll pick up a book and just start. Like the other day, I was so stressed and nothing sounded appealing. So I just picked up Pride and Prejudice and I could pretty much quote the first page. But I'm like, right. that's really comforting to me that there's no unknowns. You know where you're going. Right. It's familiar. You're safe. <laughs> That's how I feel about me. <laughs> well, that's how I feel about the movie because I didn't read the book until more recently. Uh-huh. But that's how I feel about the movie. That movie is like the newer one. I love the old one too. But I don't have time for the old one. But the new one, it's like <laughs> don't have time. It's too long. It, it is long. It is long. That is what I turn on when for a perfect Saturday. It's what I turn on when I'm stressed. It's what I turn on when I'm sad. It's what I turn on when I need to go to sleep. Yeah. It is the most comforting thing. Yeah. Ever. When I'm stressed, that the like album, the, the music, the so music is what I listen to on my like year at a glance Spotify thing. The Pride and Prejudice soundtrack was the number one thing that I listened to this past year. I like to have it on when I'm mm-hmm. writing papers. Mm-hmm. Just all the time. That and the Jane Eyre movie soundtrack. Your young adult book that you're going to write. <laughs> have you started it? No. I'm not great. What do at, you write? Again, just, Enneagram Nine. I, I'm not great at uh, starting things. Do you journal? This year, I've done better. I'm behind, but I bought. Um, it was this prompted journal. Okay. Which helped a whole lot. Yeah. So it's guided questions and bullet points. You don't have to write, even though I love writing. But it's like I like it too much. I get concerned with it being perfect, or making sure I describe it just right, or. So the short answer bullet points of about each month 
and about each season. It kind of takes you through the seasons. Yeah. Um, it's Emily P. Freeman's. Oh, I was going to say, it's Emily P. Freeman. I was like, what is the name of it? Yeah. The next wolf. The next, the next right thing. The next right thing journal. Yeah. It's okay. fantastic. Okay. Um, you can start it whenever you write in what month you're on, but it's been really helpful in reflection. So it's like 12 months, but it's undated. Correct. Okay. That's neat. Tracing hopes, tracing, she calls them arrows of kind of, Especially if you have like decision fatigue of, which I do often, I know Casey wow. does too, yep. of you don't have to know five steps ahead. You need to know the next right thing. And so I think that's been a practice of helping me see the Lord's hand in my life and also knowing it doesn't have to be a big step. But what's the next right, right step right. ahead? I wish I was a journaler. I journaled every day my freshman year of college. <laughs> it was fantastic. It's hilarious to read. That's the one and only time. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. I have way too many journals. Like, I have a whole bucket. Like, So you're a big journaler. Yeah. I didn't know that about you. In the past, like, two years, it's been a little different. Typically, I finish, like, a journal, like, like, a pretty decent-sized journal once a semester. And it never fails. Typically, and this is not, like, me saying that this is exactly the Lord, but typically, any time that, like, a season is ending and a new season is beginning... It just somehow ends that, like, my journal is in. Like, physically, the notebook like, is full. The, the notebook is full. Something is beginning. Something is ending. Typically, that's just what ends up happening. I don't know how. And I will say, like, the past, like, year to two years, I've noticed that the amount that I'm journaling is not as much. But the seasons that I've been in have been... What's the word that one more Elongated? They're longer. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, in college, I was cranking them out like yeah. nobody's business so huh. i don't know if that's like the lord doing something or if it's just like <laughs> ironic i don't know but you might be growing up it might be that i'm just growing up there you go so oh no <laughs> we won't tell anybody okay great thanks how is the reality of working in ministry or working in a local church? How is that different than either what you envisioned or what you think you might do later on in your ministry I think I have a greater appreciation for the workplace in general, like outside of the church in the sense of, I think I spent so many years, like right after graduation until really starting here at Dawson, like I was facing transition literally every single year. It was nonstop. I think I spent so much time fighting against where I was at because it wasn't where I thought I wanted to be, even though I had like no really clear picture of where I wanted to be. I just knew that's not where I wanted to be, that I missed out on a lot of opportunities and like just the general workplace. I for for like two years was a baker. I hated it. Y'all, I'm an awful baker. (laughs) But I had a similar moment like you of realizing I was stuck in a kitchen with these high school, college students for hours on end. And I was like, I'm missing out on like really prime opportunity to get to invest in people that I would never have the opportunity to do anywhere else. And so I think I was not expecting to be able to look back and think at times ministry almost felt easier then. And so now working in the building that I'm working in, like majority of the people walking through those doors are not believers or even a part of Dawson and just the intentionality that I have to have to get up from behind my desk to walk out into the gym and to be intentional with people. So I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. yeah. 
I think I just was not expecting that. Um, and so looking at it as now as an opportunity of, okay, I want to encourage our front desk workers to see this as their, their mission field. I want to equip Dawson church members to see their workplaces as well as that. I think, you know, I've had two very unique jobs here at the church, you know, over kind of what Casey's experiencing at the rec center and then kind of taking the hard right and working for very much the inner workings of the church. And so, which is a new and different thing that not everyone gets to see. I think there's good and bad to that. I think as all three of us now know, there's no going back. There's no not knowing what goes into a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or fill in the blank. And I think that's been maybe the hardest part is realizing, yes, this is the local church, but it's also, guess what? It's a building full of sinners. Right. And and so, and it's still a job, you know, I think, um, even though it's ministry and we all feel called to it, I think, um, Jenny Allen put out a great quote years ago. When you have those days in your job where it's awful and you hate it and it's boring or it's frustrating and you want to quit, you want to walk away. She's like, don't take a deep breath and realize, guess what? It's still work. It's still a job. And on a Tuesday at 3 p.m., sometimes it's not going to be this great, exciting, beautiful thing. It's going to be spreadsheets and sitting too long at your desk or whatever it may be. And so I think that's just been a good realization to me of it's both and that the the Lord loves the local church. The Lord has decided that this is going to be how he has believers grow and be sanctified and come to know him is through the body of believers that we need each other and we need each other for studying the word. We need each other for encouragement. And, but at the same time, it's just, it's okay to be a little, to realize some days aren't great too. And that's okay. Yeah. When people say like, do what you love and you'll never work a day (laughs) again. I'm like, that's not true. Even I mean, the biggest celebrity well, is going to have a day on set that they hate or something. You know, like, uh, that's a weird example. It's also not reality. This idea of vocational ministry, I think sometimes we over-glamorize mm-hmm. that. Well, I mean, you think about the life of Paul. Like, I don't think a lot of people really realize that he worked while he was doing yeah. ministry. Like, he was building Well, hello, tents. Jesus. Like, yes. <laughs> and so, I just, I mean, that's something that when I first started seminary, mm-hmm. I remember praying that first year, like, Lord, give me a job that affords me the life of ministry that you have desired for me. Like whether that be in the, in the local church or not. And for a season for me, it was being a baker while I did not realize that that was an answered prayer of literally, Hey, like Paul afforded his own way in ministry. Like, I guess you might want to do that through baking. That's really, it's asking the question of what is the life that you've called me to live and how help me afford that? whatever it would look like. I think that's the exciting thing about the degrees you've gotten. And I'm trying to get is I think what, why I wrestled with it for so long too, is why am I going to commit years and years and all this money, time and energy to this? What if I am not in ministry my whole career? And so I think the Lord's been gracious in allowing me to see through life groups and other small groups with women that like, I will always be teaching the Bible in some form or fashion, using what I'm learning. It's like, it's going to benefit me. It's going to benefit my small groups. It's going to benefit, hopefully, the church at large. The more education we can get, the more Bible training we can get, because that's something, Lord willing, we'll be doing the rest of our lives, regardless of our nine to five. Right. Yeah. 
Right. So that's really helpful. Uh, y'all are awesome. Listener, I wonder if you're like Liz and Casey. Are you a rereader of the same books, a habitual viewer of familiar sitcoms? Do you find comfort like Liz in knowing the ending? I, for one, return again and again to the same movies. Characters and storylines that no longer bring surprise, but offer comfort in their familiarity. As a Christian believer, despite the unknown events of our future, we can feel the assurance of a promised and sure ending. I echo Job's words from chapter 19, verses 25 through 27. But as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and He will stand upon the earth at last. And after my body has decayed, yet in my body I will see God. I will see Him for myself. Yes, I will see Him with my own eyes, and I'm overwhelmed at the thought. But until that day when we will see our Redeemer face to face, let's recall Paul's instruction in chapter 12 of Romans to live a life of ministry everywhere we are at the bakery, in the gym, in the laundry room, at the office, in a hospital, or a restaurant, or a park. Everywhere you are today, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true and proper worship. Romans 12.1